The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Old Pick 6 Podcast, guys. It's Sunday Night Super Friends. That's Will Brinson. That's John Breach. I'm Ryan Wilson. And this is the Sunday Night Super Friends Week 12. Week 12, NFL Recap 2023 edition. So here is the old plan here in case you're new here or maybe hard to hear. Short, short-term memory loss. Either way, going to hit our top 10 takeaways from Week 12 from the uh, big overtime win in Philadelphia to what it means for the Bills' playoff chances to once terrible teams who aren't dead yet and really good teams are finally playing like it. And, of course, the playoff implications for all folks involved. But first things first, remember, give us a thumbs up if you're watching on, on the old YouTube, that NFL on CBS. And, of course, subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss a show. All right, boys, let's get to it. So, Breach, the Eagles are 10-1. And despite that record, it feels like they still haven't hit their stride, which is a scary proposition for the rest of the NFC. But on Sunday afternoon, they bit but didn't break against Josh Allen, who went absolutely off, uh, took them to overtime on a Jake Elliott 59-yard laser in the rain. I thought that ball was going to be 20 yards short, and he smoked it. And then a still less than 100% Jalen Hurts into things with that TD run in overtime. The Eagles breach our Super Bowl favorites, correct? Uh, I guess if you're going by record, I don't know. If the Ravens and Eagles played tomorrow, I think I would pick the Ravens. But hmm. I, 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 look, here's Wilson. You just said the Eagles haven't hit their stride yet. I feel like the Eagles have been the same team all year. They, they've just been in the same stride. There's no different where they look bad for one or two quarters. And then this team has the resilience factor, the it factor, whatever you want to call it. it doesn't matter how many they're trailing by. They might be down by double digits. They're going to come back and win because – they're clutch, and so that's what I love about the Eagles. Uh, for instance, I think they play the 49ers next week. I think the 49ers are a better, better team, but the Eagles probably find a way to win the game because that's what the Eagles do. I thought the Eagles were absolutely left for dead in this game. It was the Bills. The Bills are playing for their playoff live. So when it was, what, 24-14 to 14 when the fourth quarter started, it just felt like, all right, there's no way the Bills are going to blow this one. The Bills aren't the new Chargers. They're not just going to start finding new ways to lose games. And here we go, uh, right where I think we all thought it was going to be when the game started was that, hey, the Eagles will find a way to win. They found a way to win. And Jake Elliott should get some sort of trophy for kicking that field. It was top 20 kick in NFL history. Wow. Uh, I I think that's a a pretty good take because it was 59? 59 in a pouring rain. 59 in the pouring rain, like in like really weird field conditions, and he hooked it in 
I guess he faded it in, not a hook. A hook would be the left. A fade. He sort of. I mean, it was like a, it was sort of like a a power fade where he knew he's gonna have to like kind of bash it left and let it fade back to the right. But just because, I mean, I assume like all that went into it. Well, I mean, and they were losing, and they were losing. So if you miss the kick, you lose. It's not like a tie game where you have that little safety net. Right, right, right. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's like he's got to make that, or else the game's over, and they fall to to uh, to nine and two. Weird that their only losses against the Jets. Very, very impressive. And you look at their their last three wins. They take care of the Cowboys and the Chiefs and the Bills. 49ers and the Cowboys up next. Like, I know that we. I think we watch the Eagles play, and we think, "Wow, this team is not as dominant as it, as it was last year," and that is true. But last year, they were playing a bunch of bad teams, had a really easy schedule. This year, and I was thinking about this, man, like the combination of Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter on the interior for that team, plus Fletcher Cox, is pretty freaking ridiculous. Like those two, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, are going to like buoy the interior of that defensive line for a long, long time. Um, You know, Josh Allen had a great game in this one. He played really well. They, They had to score that touchdown in overtime, though. You cannot miss on that pass to like the Gabe Davis, whether there's whether there's a miscommunication by Gabe Davis or, or whoever's fault it was, Gabe Davis or Josh Allen. Um, and Josh Allen never won in overtime, which is just wild. Oh, and six in his career, including two losses this year, uh, week one and then week twelve. Like you just have to connect to, on that touchdown because you know that you are giving the Eagles, a team that's moving the ball up and down the field against your deep, your pretty porous defense, a chance to go down and score a touchdown and walk it off of the win. And I think there was there was talk that the uh, Eagles knew, like uh, the offensive linemen said they knew they were going to score on that touchdown when they saw the bill, like the safety move for the Bills because it was like Jalen Hurts was going to roll into the end zone. Um, it's man, it, look, it's a the Bills are six and six now, and I, I, the Eagles are a bigger story for sure. But you get a, you get a three hundred forty yard four touchdown game from Josh Allen. Ste- Gabe Davis goes over a hundred yards and Steph Diggs gets a touchdown too. And you feel like you should probably beat most teams, especially if you hold AJ Brown to under 40 yards. So Breach, here's a fun fact for you from uh, our buddy, Matt Perino, who covers the bills for uh, Syracuse.com. According to ESPN stats and info, this is in his story after the game, the bills are the 40th team since the NFL merger in 1970 to have 500 yards 10 third down conversions. They converted something like 4,000 third and seven or hires today. Uh, and a positive turnover margin in the game. So 40 teams have done it since the merger in 1970. The Bills are the first team to ever accomplish this feat in a game and lose. So one in 39 is now, uh, or 39 and one is now the mark. And that one belongs to the Bills. Sean McDermott also, had a- also a fun fact for you, Wilson. The Eagles became the first team in NFL history to erase their first four double-digit deficits of an NFL season. That's why it's so like hard to get. Like They've been trailing by double digits four times this year. They still find ways to win. Uh, one more fun fact, then, from Josh Dubow from the Associated Press. The Eagles are the first team since 1960 to be outgained by at least 90 yards in at least four different games and win them all. So this is like triple Steelers. You know, the Steelers were getting outgained and still <laughs> winning games. The Eagles are being outgained, not by like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards, they're being outgained by 90 yards. In this game, it was over 100, and they're still winning. I think that's why we're having this conversation of, are they super good or are they just good? Because they keep, the t- other teams are outplaying them, but the Eagles are winning. And obviously, the scoreboard is all that matters. Well, someone uh, asked, 
Can I ask you oh. something? Can I ask you both something? But yeah, I'll yeah, throw out some more fun facts, but sure, go for it. Sean McDermott, should the Bills with one timeout played for a field goal at the end of regulation? So that was the fourth and six, or is that the overtime? No, they, that was after the kickoff. After Elliott made the 59 yard. Oh, field they goal. took the knee. Bills had the ball first and 10 at 25 with 20 seconds left and one timeout. Yes. So their you concern should, was. You have to that, go for a field goal then. Hold on. Their concern was that the pass rush that Brinson just talked about would strip sack Josh Allen. And I get that. But you know who's not playing quarterback for the Bills? Kenny Pickett. Josh Allen is. So, yeah, you take a chance and you, you throw the ball. You know, you tell him to do what he did all afternoon, which is run around and make crazy plays. And, you know, probably in all likelihood not get sacked. Worst case, you throw a pass down the field and it's incomplete. And then you go from there. That ain't why they lost. But I, I understand. It's you have Gabe Davis, who's playing a really good game after getting a game ball the week before, even though he had zero targets. He's out there balling out. He's a really good deep threat. He's had great hands all, all, all afternoon. Josh Allen's been slinging it through this bad weather. Steph Diggs is, is like one of the best receivers in the NFL. Lights up both press man, lights up man zone, whatever it is. Um, you got Dalton Kincaid, who's been playing awesome too. And worst case is you run James Cook on a wheel route. And Joe Brady's been calling a good game for two weeks in a row. I don't. I think you go for. It. I mean, you have a timeout. Like if you get if you get a twenty five yard completion, you call the timeout and you can. I mean, you're going to have like two or three more plays, or maybe and maybe two more plays, and you're going to get a spike. I mean, you're going to get a look at a field goal if you get a decent uh, early pass there. And there's no chance the Eagles are going to like. You know, they don't have any. They don't have enough time to. I don't think they had timeouts either because they burned it to get the ball back. Well, and how thing, are you? But how, how are you the team? You're the Bills who got burnt by a quarterback who by the Chiefs. his time in 13 seconds. So, like, how is that not in the back of your head? Of oh, Patrick Mahomes did that to us. We have a guy who is supposed to be a top five quarterback in the league. Should I show some trust in him? Maybe like that feels like a trust factor versus Allen could hey, do it. No, you know, you know who Sean McDermott may not trust. Preach your buddy Tyler Bass, who missed two kicks. Ooh. Uh, well, hold on. One of them was actually blocked by somebody Brinson already mentioned. Jalen Carter got a hand on one of the field goals, so that wasn't Tyler Bass's fault. Who's uh, interesting. It, oh, sorry. Interesting. I was interesting. Brady Quinn mentioned this last week, or maybe two weeks ago. Uh, I guess it was last week because no, two weeks ago because they, they fired Ken Dorsey. He's pointing out that Terry Pagula, the Bills owner, he and his wife are big time donors at Penn State as well, and so currently right now they have like all of their money. Or not all of their money, but all their money is pumped into the Buffalo Sabres, the Buffalo Bills, and the Penn State Nittany Lions. And Penn State fired their offensive coordinator, James Franklin's under heat, and the Bills fired their offensive coordinator, and Sean McDermott's under heat. Like, do you, how hot do you think Sean McDermott's seat is? Um, zero degrees Celsius and or Fahrenheit. Your choice. Hmm. I think it's a well. Those are the same temperatures, Wilson. Oh, touche. That's right. Or Celsius. are they? Uh, no, <laughs> zero degrees Celsius is thirty-two. It's thirty-two <laughs> Fahrenheit, right? What are you doing? Zero, zero Celsius is 32 Fahrenheit. <laughs> I, I'm just, I mean, if the Bills miss the playoffs, geez. yes, I think, I think it's warmer than Wilson thinks it is. I, yeah, I but so maybe it, not it, as hot as you're implying. Yeah, it's not above fall weather. We're like the three little bears. Wilson's porch is too cold. Brinson's is too hot. Mine's too hot. just right. It's, Which is interesting though, because like normally this would be a spot where Wilson would say, I think Sean McDermott should be fired, but he went to William and Mary. And I would say that's ridiculous. However, I do agree that he may be getting some, a little bit of a hot butt syndrome uh, with, with this Buffalo bill situation. Uh, just really quickly, two more fun facts. The Eagles are the fourth team in NFL history to start 10 and one or better in back-to-back -back seasons. The others, the 1941 and 1942 bears, 
the 72 and 73 Dolphins, and the 2005-2006 Colts. Now, this is a weird way to frame this, but all three of those teams won a championship in that span. So if that if that if that trend were to hold, the Eagles will win the Super Bowl this year. Also, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, the first opposing quarterbacks in NFL history with two plus passing touchdowns and two plus rushing touchdowns in the same game. So who do you guys think uh McDermott fires off the offensive coaching staff after this loss? After he his can't defense, fire Joe Brady. Joe doing a good job. He should fire his, fire his defensive coordinator. Um, oh, by that's the way, him. oh, that's a problem. Stephen O, our buddy at Sportsline, uh, as the Sunday night game was going on, said the Bills' playoff chances dropped to seventeen percent after the loss to loss to Philly. So that's something mm-hmm. to monitor. That's a uh, a pretty low number. I'm not great at math, but I know enough to know that's not where you want to be if you're Sean McDermott. Um, by the way, if you have Dolphins tickets, you're Dolphins AFC East tickets. You are in very good shape. Denver Broncos. You guys may remember they got the seventy burger dropped on them by the old what? Miami That's Dolphins. That never and happened. at that point, it felt like everything was over. Everyone should be fired. The team should be dissolved. Yet here we are. This team is uh, one of the most winningest teams in football over the last month of the season. ESPN's Bill Barnwell tweeted this out earlier this evening, and I think it's a hysterical fact, not just fun. After allowing 70 points to the Dolphins in a single game, the Broncos have allowed a total, that means all-in breach, of 80 points over what's about to be a five-game winning streak. So they've won five in a row. They've won in extremely ugly fashion. They've won by generating turnovers and capitalizing off those turnovers. And no one gives a crap in Denver because, as Sean Payton said this week, the team's starting to buy in to the attention to detail that he's he's stressed from day one. That works so well for him in New Orleans. So, Brinson, the Broncos going to make the playoffs? I believe I said it last week that I thought the end and during the playoff ranking show that I thought the Broncos would find a way to sneak into the playoffs. Um, if we are looking at the current standings, they're just on the, the outside looking in AFC. They're the number nine seed at six and five tied with the Texans ahead of the bills, ahead of the Bengals who are at five and six, and the, the bills at six and six. Well, we'll go over the AFC playoff picture later. You don't need to go through every team. Just, yeah. Just, are they going to make I'm the playoffs? Printed? They're, they're Stop tied for the, I said yes. They're tied for the seventh seed. I think they're going to make it. I think Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is shoving it back in everybody's face. Who said that? Oh, Drew Brees is the reason that Sean Payton never got a head coaching job. Wait, wait, wait. You think he's shoving it, or do you think he's cautiously optimistic and praying to his uh, (laughs) shrine of quarterback? I think he's politely pushing it across the plate. There we go. Russ doesn't revert into. Yeah. Uh, Let's wait till the season's over before you start dunking on people. <laughs> yeah, no, on. I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, so the Broncos on this win streak have beaten the. It, it's 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 kind of funky. They beat the Packers by two. They beat the Chiefs by fifteen. They sneak by the Bills. They beat the by two. They beat the Vikings by one, and then they stomp the Browns um, by seventeen. In this game, of course, Dorian Thompson Robinson left. He was fourteen. I mean, I, I if I were if I were backing a horse to make the playoffs right now, I'd rather have the Broncos and the Browns, even with the record, even with the schedule, just because the. I mean, the Browns are. I think the Browns are going to have tough sledding trying to figure out a way to win football games. Uh, what do you think the New York Times upshot? Uh, what do you think the percentage they have for the Broncos to make the playoffs is? Twenty six. Twenty six and a half. 34%. Both good Why guesses, do you have to price is right? You will reverse price is right. I'm never guessing first. And 34%. the Broncos, by the way, the Broncos next two games, and this is a little, the next three games what, are all in the, the road. Reigns over Brinson percentage. Um, <laughs> I would say 48%. Oh, that's high. 
Um, brains if, over Brenton or Brenton over Brains? At, at the Texans, at the Chargers, at the Lions. If they go into Houston and win, they're up to 53% to make the playoffs. If they go to if they go to LA and win, that'll be a that'll be a home game for Denver. 70 if they win their next two games, 78% to make the playoffs. So you know what's I mean, crazy Denver is yeah, the schedule you just read is that they literally could go zero and three, three and zero. Neither of those would surprise me with this team. One yeah. and two, two and one, like literally, yeah, one one and one, oh oh and three. Anything wouldn't, anything would be believable with the Broncos. Um, and and I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, agree completely. I, but I think, I think this is a playoff team. I think this speaks to coaching and it speaks to Sean Payton's influence and it speaks to him. I mean, this team started off real, real bad, and people, people I mean, nobody was going to fire Sean Payton. But like people were like, should Sean Payton? He just gave him seventy points. Should his seat be hot? And they have really, really righted the ship in the last five weeks. I do think that can be considered part and parcel, like an adjustment to a new coaching staff. You know, like like Sean Payton coming in and after being away from football for a while, Russell Wilson playing poorly. And I mean, look, he's Russell is still like check down Charlie for the most part, but get it done. All right, Breach. Let me ask you this follow up because. I hear what Brinson's selling. Uh, I am continuing to walk by the street corner and not buying it because I want to point out these these two nuggets for you. Denver has 16 takeaways since week seven, the most by any team. The plus 13 turnover differential also leads the NFL over that span. So my question to you is, and Russ went 13 of 22 on Sunday for 134 yards, had two touchdowns, ran one and, and threw one. Is that sustainable? Uh, I mean, well, we talked about the turnover thing last week, and I, you cannot expect to get four turnovers per game uh, for every game for the rest of the season, no matter how good your defense is. They got three in this game, but we're talking about multiple turnovers, and what they've been doing during the streak has been nothing short of amazing because it is not easy. since week seven. That is insane. Most That's of the bonkers. That's absolutely bonkers. They've been able to do that. And, and then you look at who they've beaten, and you're thinking, uh, well, they played two court PJ Walker and DTR today, big deal. But they've also faced Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. So they've been doing this to everybody they face, whether they're good or bad. And that's the sign of a good team. And so uh, I don't know that the turnover thing is sustainable. I don't think it is. But I, I do like that Sean Payton had the Browns defense absolutely flummoxed when whenever the Broncos need a big drive, they got one. I mean, the, the first touchdown drive. Look, Russell Wilson didn't put up huge numbers. He made a great throw, uh, I think, to Cortland Sutton probably because all his great throws go to Sutton uh, on the first drive. It was like 30 yards, set up their first touchdown. And then, in what, later in the, the, the first half, throws another touchdown, and boom. Or he ran for a touchdown, my bad. So you have Russell Wilson, didn't put up great numbers, but had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. And that's what you see from the old school Russell Wilson. So I... Brinson, I might be taking Brinson's crazy pills because I don't think it's too crazy to think they make the playoffs. Four teams. I don't, teams think, that, I don't think that part's crazy. I just think the I don't know if they're, they're magically fixed everything. I think this is a team that's going to make the playoffs, and I think the oh. real test will come over the offseason and what next year looks like. I, I just think it's like it's a massive. It's always it's you have this horrible start. It's like what this is Nathaniel Hackett 2.0. He's doing a worse job than Hackett. And that was a viable argument. And now it's like, okay, right. Coaching does matter. Uh, four teams have started one in five and made the playoffs in NFL history. Can anyone on the panel name any of the four teams? I will tell you this. Uh, the Texans. The Texans. Are, I was going to ask for the specific year, but uh, three of them uh, are since we all started working at CBS together. The 2019 Texans? 
The Texans are not one of them. The Bengals. Oh, they're not one of them? The, Every year the, Andy Dalton was in the league, the Bengals. The 1970 Bengals did it. There you go. Well, you said the, all of them were from I said three of the four were. were since we uh, here. Yeah, I knew the Bengals did it in 1970. They were the first team to do it. <laughs> all right. Sure you did. The 2015 Chiefs, the 2018 Colts, and the 2020 Washington Commanders. Were they called the Commanders in 2020? Uh, um, Washington football team. Thank you. Yeah, the Madden football team, which I still contend is a better name. All right. Let's go to Las Vegas, you where know. coming into this Las game, Vegas. the Kansas City Chiefs had scored a grand total of one Matt Canada in the fourth quarter all season. Matt Canada is what we call touchdowns after the second half. They scored another touchdown this fourth quarter. Prior to that, however, they were down 14-0. A little soccer mix in for you there. Shout out Colazo Network to the Raiders. And things looked to be going in a terrible direction. Uh, and then the Chiefs got back on track. They ended up winning that game rather easily. Uh, Brinson, is the solution been found in terms of the wide receiver position? Rashi Rice had a great day, had eight catches, over 100 yards. Or is it going to be a situation where it's going to have to be Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey when he's not double teamed, and other people stepping up, and then the the defense under Mr. Spagnolo doing their thing? I think that Rush uh, Rush Rashi. It is Rashi, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it was like a weird. It's the double E. Yeah. Um, Rashi Rice is the answer, rookie wide receiver. But what's been weird about him is that they have not used him. Like he has played well at times um, over the past like couple of weeks, and they just will not crank up his snap count. Um, I was trying to think, where did he play college? SMU. SMU. I, thought, I thought it was SMU, yeah. Second round pick, SMU. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, th I thought it was SMU, but I was getting confused with uh, Jordan Preche. But looking at his snap counts, like they just, I mean, they just have not wanted to crank it up. And the, and the talk from the coaching staff has been very much that. You know, it's going to be a game-to-game -game situation. This is when we're going to use him. And I sort of wonder if that Marcus Valdez-Scantling uh, drop in the end zone wasn't the the breaking point there for them to say, look, let's just this rookie is the best receiver we have. Let's roll him out there. They gave him 10 targets for eight catches. Uh, they were down – were they down 7 nothing and 14-7, I believe, in this 14 game? 14-0. Nothing. 14 nothing. That's what I thought. Yeah, Josh Jacobs ripped off that long 63-yard touchdown run. They get down 14 nothing and – you're in, you know, middle of the second quarter. Chiefs can't score, and you start to crank up Rasheed Rice's uh, targets. Uh, our boy Prop Stars has been talking about him constantly on the on the on the betting shows during the week on the Pick Six podcast, and then also on the Early Edge. And check those out, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, and has mentioned that he thinks he could lead all rookie receivers in yardage. And he's, I mean, probably not gonna happen. I'd have to look at the numbers of Zay Flowers, but this is a guy that, that can be the answer. And really, really takes the heat off of Travis Kelsey, who's been very much up and down throughout this, like, you know, Taylor Swift stuff. Whoa, Brenton. Dude, he had a major drop and a fumble last week that cost him the game. Uh, I'll just say this. And I think Prop Stars does a great job. I'm not sure the Chiefs trust Rasheed Rice yet, and maybe they're sure. getting to that point. Number one and number two, in terms of being a deep threat compared to MVS, I think Justin Watson might get that first look. Rashi Rice ran in the four forwards. I think he did not play that fast uh, in college, and he could change. Of course, I get all that, but I, I, I think that he was drafted to fill sort of the Juju Smith-Schuster role, 
And it's wild to say after seeing how this Patriots team plays, where Juju Smith-Schuster is currently a, a member, and apparently he was yelling at Troy Brown, the, the great wide receiver who's now a coach on that coaching staff, on the sidelines today. That team is such doo-doo, dog doo-doo crap. I can't say the word I want to say, Breach. But I think that they're trying to to ease Rashid into that role, and they may have to be sped up because, as Brinson notes, Sky Moore, the former day two pick, hasn't quite hit yet. Uh, I think Nicole Hardman, he's either on IR, he was certainly out today. They have some issues with he has an injury he's dealing with. And this feels like Breach. Tell me what you think about this theory. Feels a little bit like the 2006 Patriots, where the year before Randy Moss and Wes Welker arrived on the scene, and Tom Brady was supposed to do everything, and he was throwing to a bunch of guys who had didn't Rishay, have any arms. Rishay Caldwell, Rishay Caldwell, uh, single lead. Rishay, Rishay, yeah. But by, by, by the way, only two receivers in Andy Reid in the history of Andy Reid's coaching, and he's been coaching for a long time. Drafted a bunch of receivers. Only two rookie receivers have ever had more than 750 yards in their first season in an Andy Reid system. So, and, and it was Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin. It, so it should be expected that you don't see massive production from rookies in the system. But to your point, Wilson, I think they, I think they missed Juju. Like they need somebody like that to, to be that valve underneath. And Rice is doing a good job of that. He had a 40 yard catch too. So yeah, Breach. I mean, I think you, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs, by the way, the Eagles are the third favorite to win the Super Bowl at DraftKings. It's the Niners, the Chiefs, and then the, the Eagles. I think the Chiefs are in a great spot with the way their defense is playing, and this offense will get rolling and probably get hot going into the playoffs. Yeah, this felt like a game where the Chiefs fell asleep at the wheel in the first quarter. I mean, you're down 14 nothing to the Raiders with 12 and a half minutes left. They had been outgained 221 yards to 13 yards by the Raiders. And even when it was tied at halftime, it's like, okay, well, the Chiefs haven't scored a touchdown in three straight second halves. So if they don't get their act together, uh, this could be a tight game. And so I think that was the biggest surprise and really the biggest flaw that the Chiefs fixed is that they finally did something in the second half of a game. I mean, they were the worst second half team uh, going into week 12 as far as points per game. They were the worst fourth quarter team as far as points per game. And you guys mentioned Rasheed Rice, and he was a big reason. It's like Andy Reid got to halftime and said, all right, guys, this is not going to fly. We're going to put up huge numbers in the second half because I'm tired of people laughing at us, I'm tired of being the laughing stock of the league in the second half. How are we worse than the Jets? And so what we saw from Rasheed Rice specifically, he only had 20 yards in the first half. So 87 of his 107 yards came in the second half. That's when Patrick Holmes was really focusing on him the most. And I think that's kind of what Mahomes and what that offense really need to see. Uh, you just kind of saw the trust growing, but it's not like Rice hadn't done anything all year. I think he had four games of over 50 yards, but yeah, I think this felt like kind of his breakout game, and I think we'll see uh, Mahomes trust him more going forward, so I think this makes the Chiefs offense a little scarier. Yeah, something you certainly want to see, in the at least in the second half, especially after getting down 14 nothing to the to the Raiders there. All right, going to take a quick break. When we come back, going to head to the AFC South. See who's going to be the best team in that division after the old Jaguars and Texans met in Houston. Talk about that right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, boys. Man, I was excited about this game and it did not disappoint. Both Trevor Lawrence, the former number one pick, and CJ Stroud. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Giants and the Patriots. I am. I'm just setting it up by the quarterback clash and then transitioning to Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. Oh, by the way, I meant to. I meant to. I meant. I had. I had two things. Two words I wanted to say to you at the top of the show. Uh oh. I I forgot. Go Tar Heels. Okay. You do realize I don't care about. I know you don't. I wouldn't be. But wasn't really directed at you. It was really directed at the general public. Yeah. No, I watched that game and I got to go back and watch it tomorrow because we're going to talk about it on the draft podcast about Drake May's performance. And that's a conversation mm. for another. Hey, what did you, do you watch? Do you watch Kevin Casey Concepcion? That dude, that kid is good. Wide receiver state, number 10. Very good. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit that. I don't want to get sidetracked here. Harry has very tight schedule as he puts up the, the Chiron. Jackson, and I don't want to talk four. about NC State football when we could be talking about Miami of Ohio's first 10-win season in quite oh, a long man. time, Brenton. My God. Always oh, NC State needs a bowl game to get our first in 2002. And I, hope I, hope Miami plays, I hope Miami plays NC State. So two red teams, great news for them. Bad news for another red team in the Houston Texans. Nice. Breach, I'm going to ask you this question, and then we you can tell me about the Jaguars and where are, where they're positioned in the AFC in your mind because they have a case to be one of the best ten, uh, best best teams. But if you're starting a team tomorrow, and that team is an average football team, would you rather have for the next five years Trevor Lawrence or CJ Stroud? I don't. What? Have, Con- am I just one answer? Yeah, let, let Breach answer, and then you can interrupt him when he's done. <laughs> I was just asking if contract mattered. Well, I don't oh. care if contract matters. No, it's just the next five years. A rookie right. deal it doesn't matter. I just want the best quarterback, Princeton, and I'm taking C.J. Stroud wow. if it's for the next five years. I just I like what he's done so far, and I don't feel like he's anywhere close to his ceiling. And that's not to say Trevor Lawrence is, but we've got a sample size of Trevor Lawrence, and I, I just think that C.J. Stroud has a, a higher potential ceiling in the NFL. So Crazy. I think I would take him over Trevor. I'll, I'll still take Trevor. I don't think that he's been used very well in this offense this year. And I think, but I do think what's interesting is this year, around this time last year, the Jaguars were three and seven and ripped off a bunch of wins. They won, they beat the Ravens coming out of the bye, get blown out by the Lions, and then don't lose again until they lost the divisional round against the Chiefs. And I think we might see something similar. And I think that the growth pattern for Trevor Lawrence and look, if you if you want to criticize him, you want to criticize Doug Peterson, you want to do whatever. That's fine. Like there are plenty of reasons to criticize the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence and how he's played in that offense and everything. But I do think that the growth pattern is just different. And we talked about this last year. Urban Meyer's first year, like like he lost the whole first year. You think about what C.J. Stroud's got—a good offensive line, um, underrated weapons, great coaching. It's the opposite of what Trevor Lawrence had his first year. Doug Peterson's scheme and, and like in and, and the offensive approach, I still don't love. I think it'd be, I'll tell you what's really interesting to me is if Frank Wright gets fired from the Panthers and ends up going to Jacksonville at any point. 
to be let me let me stop you there because people were talking about that nonsense about the Steelers hiring Frank Reich. Why would Frank Reich's offense work somewhere where it's currently not working and it's been absolutely abysmal? Like, why is that? There's no better protection, better weapons. I mean, he he and Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl together with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. Okay, I'm just going on what what my eyes have told me. I mean, in that case, bring Carson Wentz back. Well, I mean, did Frank Reich want C.J. Stroud, and would his offense look better with C.J. Stroud? It depends on who you ask. Oh uh, well, I'm just saying. At any rate, uh, I, I will. I will take. I will take Trevor Lawrence. But I mean, C.J. Stroud's been awesome, and he was awesome in this game. And this was this. Yeah, that look. The Thanksgiving game, Thanksgiving Day takes three games off the slate. Black Friday takes another one off the slate. You got Sunday night. You got Monday night. So. We were had the, the six games in the one o'clock window on Sunday were not that exciting games. Like it, this was probably no, nobody scored more than thirty points on that entire that entire those six games. Um, this was probably the most entertaining one, I think. Right? Maybe Tampa Bay and and Indianapolis. We saw and it, it was I thought it was also interesting, and I I was waiting for this to like result in Frank Wright getting fired. CJ Stroud and Bryce Young got the ball at basically the exact same time with a chance to go down and win the game or tie the game or win the game, depending on what you're going to do. Uh, CJ Stroud, 11, 11 plays, 45 yards, um, picks up four first downs, gets to the Jacksonville 39. Texans miss a field goal uh, to tie the game. The Panthers went four yards and turned it over on downs. So that tells you the state of, of, of those two rookie quarterbacks at the moment. All right, well, let's focus on the Jaguars real quick here because they're the team that um, is right in the middle of it, especially in the AFC. And again, I'll, I'll just repeat it. I think they have a chance to be, if not already, they, they have a case as one of the best teams in the, in the AFC. Is there any pushback on that breach? Uh, I, I mean, I feel like the same I felt about them last season where, I, look, I thought the winner of this game is gonna win, was going to win AFC South. So now that Jacksonville won this game, I think they end up winning this division. But I mean, how good do you feel about them in the wild card round at home against the Browns or the Steelers. You think you're pretty Steelers, good. Pretty Jaguars, good. Are, Jaguars, are, Jaguars are 95% to win the division now, by the way. I feel pretty good in those, those, those wild card matchups. And if I recall correctly, and I, I struggle to remember last year's playoff games, but they played the chiefs pretty well, at least early on. Is that right? Um, well, remember they were, they were getting blown out by the chargers in, um, no, I mean the, the, the game. After no, I know that. I was, I was just, I was just filibustering to get to the, the oh, okay. well, if interview. you don't know, you don't know, that's fine. But I, I would put Jacksonville at fourth behind the other division winners behind our, the other first place teams, the chiefs and the dolphins and the Ravens. Well, they, were, the they, they were, they were down, they were down 10 points in the third quarter and cut it to 2017 and then kicked a field goal late to, to lose by seven. So yeah, I mean, they, okay. they were competitive, but it never felt like they really were going to win. Let me ask you this, Breach. Why do you like the Dolphins, Harry's Dolphins, better, uh, given that they're a team that doesn't fare well against good football teams? Well, we'll find out if Jacksonville's good, because if Miami can beat them, then that means Jacksonville's not good. They're the barometer. The <laughs> Dolphins are the barometer. Fair they enough. beat you. You do not have a good football team. <laughs> I think the Dolphins just have a lot of offensive weapons. I, I think that a team like Jacksonville that uh, can struggle in the secondary would have trouble stopping all of Miami's weapons. But, you know, we'll find out when they have the Florida Bowl in the playoffs when these two teams face each other in the divisional round. That's a prediction right now. Speaking of, uh, speaking of, are they, are they any good? I mean, what's the Monday night football Bengals and Jaguars? I think my brother might be going down there for that. Shame. I'll, dude, be, I'll be in the game. I'll be at the game. You're going to that game next Sunday recap show. I'll be at a hotel room in Jacksonville. You're going why to Jacksonville. You're that on your calendar. Why do dude, you, you should be, you should be my brother? Why do you keep going down there and getting Bengals players hurt? That's, well, 
to answer Why are you going to Jacksonville? Answer Brinson's question. Uh, yeah, tell your brother to call me. It's my brother's 40th birthday next Sunday, uh, and he decided he wanted to celebrate in Jacksonville by going to the Bengals game on Monday night. <laughs> Words never spoken before in human history. Never, <laughs> ever. Oddly enough, it's I think um I think my uh I mean I know I know Charlie's going. I I, I had originally planned I was like, yeah, I'll just go, go down there on Monday and like cover the game. It's like, well now you know, I mean the Jaguars are probably gonna be what? Um eight, seven and a half, eight point favorites? No, it's lower than that. I bet it's five. Okay. I don't uh, know. It's I can out. be totally wrong. Yeah, look, totally look, I, I think I think the Jaguar schedule, Wilson, sets them up to Potentially, as Bree as our as our buddy Breach would say, potentially steal the one seed. They're home against the Bengals, at the Browns, home against the Ravens, at the Bucks versus the Panthers, and at the Titans. Like that should be four wins minimum. Which, if you're Jacksonville, gets you to eleven wins, which puts you in the mix. But I mean, the Ravens obviously have an advantage, but a more difficult schedule. So, but look, they get to play the NFC South down the stretch, and that's hey, nice. Brinson. Did you just say that's four wins minimum, and that it would get them to eleven wins? I didn't want to say anything. Brinson. I meant, I meant thirteen. What I mean, twelve wins. Yeah, twelve wins. Yeah. NC State math degrees paying off. I was, I was looking. I was looking at the page. I was like, seventy-three doesn't sound right. Yeah, it'd be twelve wins. I don't know that twelve wins gets you. Twelve wins gets you the one seed. If they, they have to beat the Ravens, if they beat the Ravens, the one seed is very much on the table. But as I was right. saying, Wilson, they're playing the NFC South. I was going to say times. that's good. Breach Brinson did a fantastic job of segueing, and you had to call him out for his inability to add numbers together. <laughs> but that brings us full circle. Uh, speaking of mid and subpar, the NFC South, Brinson, uh, the NFC South winner. What are the Brinson brains over Brinson odds? I love that. The Bobs, <laughs> that the winner of that division in the NFC South, which is full of putridity, if that's a word, and terrible football, will finish under 500. My dad's a Bob, so that, that actually brains over Brinson really works well. Um, I think the Falcons are going to win it. They have the. No, you got to give me the, the probability first. I know, I'm, but, I'm, but I'm saying, like, they're at the Jets, Bucks at home, at the Panthers, Colts at home, at the Bears. At the Saints, and I think can I they, just say, can I just say quickly, Breach, that if we were on a plane and Brinson was the only pilot that was conscious, and we were trying to get instructions from the from the from from the ground, and that's where Brinson was to the person up in the, in the pilot seat to fly the plane and land it, we would fly into the mountain because the stories he has to tell to get us to hit the button, hit the red button. He's like, well, here's the thing: they discovered the button seventy five years ago, and I actually have a book about it, and I'm going to read you three <laughs> passages Let from that. Get book. It. All I'm saying is that the, the Falcons have six games left. One of them is against, I think that they will win three of them. So I think the odds are really good that the team that wins the NFC South finishes below 500. 500 or, 500 or below, I feel like is a very good bet. Give me a number. 75%? percent 74.7%. Over under breach, 74.4%. That the Falcons win it? No, that any that the 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 winner of that division is has. I'll say I'll say wins. I'll say for realistically fifty percent. Oh. I'll say over fifty percent. So over I mean, means you're talking, you think, team, you're talking about a team that's five and six. So the Falcons just want to get to nine and eight. They have to go four and two in their final six games with no slip ups. Like yeah, they should beat the Jets, but the Falcons could certainly lose to the Jets. Uh, they could lose to any team on their schedule. They're not the Chiefs, you know. They're not the Eagles. They're the Falcons. So They're closer to the Steelers. I mean, when, Des, when Desmond Ritter threw two interceptions. He tried to throw the game away, but the rest of his team wouldn't let him. Right. The, the one, the one difference with the Falcons is that the 
Uh, Saints have to play the Lions, and the and the Buccaneers have to play the Jaguars. I mean, they, all three teams have really easy schedules, but all three teams are bad, and all three teams have to play each other at least once. So I think you see a bunch of like, like just sort of plotting around one score field goal missed games. Well, and here's I, your fun fact, real quick: is that all three teams still have six games left, and all three of them only have to play one of those six games against the team that is currently over five hundred. Uh, you mentioned Tampa Bay, Jacksonville. The Falcons play the Colts, and the Saints play the Lions. Every other so, team, all other games under five hundred. For well, all that's why I, that's why I give the edge to the Falcons. But I think it's like a true coin flip on whether the this division winner has been under five hundred plenty of times, or like so around. Your your team is the Falcons, Princeton. That's what I'm hearing. Ride or die with with my boy Artie Smith. Yeah, uh, Breach. Who are you taking to win the division? Falcons were my preseason pick. I got to stick with it. I think I, I, I think, love. I don't remember. I love the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with with Baker Mayfield. I, I, I don't I don't I don't dislike them. They're more enjoyable than the other two teams. He's now, if tough. you put Jameis in, if you put Jameis in for the Saints, and that's all every ball game. That's Derek Carr is, and I don't. I feel like I'm team family. Brinson. He is. He's not unlikable, but he's hard to watch. Like that pick six. Well, I was going to say the only problem with the Buccaneers is they're four and seven. So just to, for them to get to a winning record, do you think the division winner is going to be a winning record or losing record? Wilson? Losing record, hundred percent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, it, it might be six, uh, maybe six win situation. So um, I am, I will say this. Able. I'm curious what, and just very quickly, the odds are okay. So CJ Stroud is minus 10,000. Keeps going down. Bijan Rob, Robinson at 30 to one. Any interest? No, because Arthur Smith doesn't know when he wants to use him properly. He's done he it the last awesome. He was awesome today. He was, he was awesome. Very today. awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say, but like some kind of think, monster outing by Bijan could flip it like it did against for Mac against Mac Jones. Do you think like, Arthur Smith went up? Do you think Arthur Blank went up to Arthur Smith at some point this week and was like, "Look, man, you either play Bijan and give him a ton of carries, or you're fired tomorrow." And he was like, "Okay," because I mean, think, this is the first time the offense actually looked like I think. Most Falcons fans thought it was going to look like where you have John Robinson getting 16 carries and and looking really good on those carries. He was getting passes out of the backfield and an awesome 26 yard touchdown catch. Drake London got involved. So I mean, for once, sure Kyle Pitts only had two catches. There's still it's baby steps here. We can't just yeah. incorporate everyone all the time, but it, it really felt like the Falcons were trying to take advantage of their talented players, which you know, seems like common sense, but they haven't really been doing all season. Do you, do you think Arthur Smith grew his mustache to trick people in the Falcons organization into believing he was Arthur Blank and just walking around holding all the power in the world, being called Arthur with a mustache? I think Arthur Blank looks younger than Arthur Smith, so I don't know if that would work. <laughs> uh, quickly, by the way, before we move on, I do want to say we, we're crushing Des Ritter. That touchdown pass that Breach mentioned to Bijan, that was an incredible. That made one of the best passes of the weekend. I don't know if he did it on purpose. Does not matter. That was fantastic. Great catch by Bijan for the touchdown. Well, it was it was it was a really good design. It was a really good design too. But tons of pressure in his face, and he just floated it over the top on that wheel and that like sort of slot wheel route. Uh, very very cool. Very good. I agree. Great touchdown pass. Prince, do you want to take a victory lap on Derek Carr? Uh, he threw a 92 yard pick six. He cost them the game. They went over five in the red zone. They were absolutely horrible. They couldn't do anything. They moved the ball fine until they got to the red zone and then just the offense melted down. Pretty, pretty insane that like a 92 yard pick six isn't the longest pick six of the last 72 hours, by the way, <laughs> because the Jets threw a 90, uh, 100 yard one. But yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that one of the big problems with the Saints team is that. 
Derek Carr is a check down Charlie with no, he has a great floor, but no upside. And much like Arthur Smith is sticking with his guy, Dennis Allen is sticking with his guy, even though they only like played like they only like, coached and, and played like five games in Oakland together. It doesn't make any damn sense. Well, they paid him, so I'm guessing maybe that's something to do with that. I don't know. All right, let's go to a much happier situation. Yeah, let's go to Ohio breach and we can talk about the Steelers. That's uh, not happy. Now, St- now, producer Harry put this in the rundown, and after watching the way the Ravens played on Sunday night, it's not outside the realm of possibility. But I'll pose this question to you, and you can talk about the the Steelers. Um, Bengals game I, in, in the context of this. The Steelers, I, just want, I just want to congratulate you, Wilson. Can it's I read been, this and then you can congratulate me? No, I just want you went over 400 yards. The Steelers went over 400 yards. It's been like the COVID wasn't a thing the last time it happened, I don't think. It was 59 games ago. It was back in 2020. So COVID, we were ah. we were all wearing masks back then. All right, Breach. Here's producer Harry's proclamation to you, sir. The Steelers can win the AFC North with their new quotation marks offense. Uh, I, I mean, you just said it. The, the, the Ravens didn't look great. The Steelers have probably the easiest schedule of any team in the division down the stretch, but I'm going to say no. Uh, the Bengals' defense has been absolutely horrible for the past couple of weeks, and it helps when they have Joe Burrow because you know he actually gets first downs once in a while, so the defense <laughs> isn't stuck being on the field the entire game. You cannot expect your defense to be on the field for 37 minutes like they were against the Steelers. Is and that right? Yeah, 37 oh, minutes. God. So, I mean, that's what's going to happen. They're going to wear down. And that's I mean, the, the fact that the Bengals were winning this game at halftime was a moral victory for me. It made me watch the second half. That's, that's all I'm going to say. I don't care about the Steelers, Wilson, but I do think they are going to make the playoffs. I was not sold on them last week. I think you were. <laughs> I'm not sure if Brenton was, but I am now on the Steelers making the playoffs bandwagon. I was not on the Steelers last week. How dare you, sir? Uh, Steelers, are you now? Steelers have leapfrogged the Browns. They're up to yep. 78% to make the playoffs. The Ravens the are 74%. To, what's that? The Steelers are number five season as we sit here as well. Yeah, I just meant like in, in terms of percentages. The right. Browns are 66% according to the upshot. And then uh, Baltimore, 74% to win the division. I think the problem is, is that the Ravens host the Steelers in week 18. And now that, those games could go any which way. There'll be a battle. But like having home field advantage in that game which would ultimately that would be like a basically a de facto AFC North title game if if it ultimately came down to it and um that's probably I'll go ahead and throw it out I bet that's our Sunday night football game I'll say that this early well the only issue is and we we don't have to talk about this now we can revisit the Ravens it the have the one seed yeah the Ravens have a pretty tough schedule down the stretch uh but prior to that week 18 game one last thing I'll mention quickly that I thought was utterly hysterical I actually fell off my couch when I saw it happen the Steelers under Matt Canada have never, they never do under center. They never do play action. They never throw the ball in the middle of the field. They never throw to tight ends. Guess what they did in the very first play breach? Under center play action, seeing ball 26 yards of Pat Fryermuth. Suck it. Uh, and then guess what they did? What on the first play of their next drive? <laughs> by, by the way, fun fact, and I know I mentioned this all it's way too much, but uh, Eddie Faulkner, their new offensive coordinator, was on the NC State coaching staff with Matt Canada. All right, that's your cue, Bruiser Harry. Let's go to break. We'll come back. We will talk about playoff pitchers in both the AFC and NFC right after this. All right, boys and Bass Reeves, let's talk about the AFC playoff picture first. And, uh, Brent, so I'm going to start at the bottom, and then you tell me when to stop when I get to a team that you think has a chance to make a playoff run. New England. You want me to keep going? Uh, The Jets, the Titans, the Chargers. 
The Raiders, the Bengals, the Bills. Uh, I'll stop you there. The Bills, the Bills obviously have a chance at six and six. It's not great. They should have won the game against the Eagles. They'd be in real good shape at um, seven and five. I think you could talk me into the Bengals if Joe Burrow is healthy. He's not. He won't be back. I don't know if you know that breach. The Raiders, if they didn't have uh, chunky Derek Carr, Aiden O'Connell, he's like, he's, no, he's how like, dare you? He's just bigger, bigger Derek Carr. How about that? He's got like, he's got a baby same, face. Now, now the Carr family and the O'Connell family. Hates I know, right? As my buddy Darren Smith said, like, text me, he's like, he's like, he's like, can you tell? Doesn't he look like he's like an older member of the Carr family? Like, he's got like no. mascara and he likes emo. I'm telling you, watch him the next time they get to his face. And then you could talk me to the Chargers if they weren't the Chargers, but at four and seven, I think I think that's kind of the cutoff. The the Chargers um, have a five uh, percent chance of making the playoffs. The uh, Bills have a fifteen percent chance of making the playoffs. So I think the Bills is probably the cutoff there. So, Breach, let me ask you a couple things. First of all, congratulations. You called the Colts last week, and everyone laughed at you. Set me. I was buying that, but Pete Briscoe thought you were crazy. I so said the Colts let's. Too. We'll give you that, sure. Me and Brinson, not Prisco. So, Breach, I'm going to give you seven, eight, nine, and ten, and you give me the final order. And in fact, you include six, which is currently the Browns. So, the Browns and the Colts are currently in. And then tell me uh, between those two teams and then these three Houston, Denver, Buffalo, who are just on the outside looking in, what are your final two slots? Because I'm assuming the Steelers are going. Uh, yes, yeah, Steelers. Uh, I don't even know if the Colts make it now. I if just, the Steelers drop one of the next two against Arizona and New England, then that's a whole different ball game. But yeah, yeah, if they win the next two, they're in. Wait, why are you out on the Colts? No, I'm not on the Colts. Don't listen to me. I'm, oh, okay. I'm number one Garner Minshew fan club. I'm the okay. president of his fan club. He sends me his sweaty headband after every game. Uh, he doesn't, but a Gardner, if you're listening, I'll take it. And you will take it. I'll put it in uh, my They've done a great job defensively, as you can see on the graphic here, the last three weeks. Uh, just 13 points allowed. Um, I hold still on, think I want, Houston. I want to get okay. Breach's breach thing. I was, was, was going to give him time to think about it. He was, he I don't was, need time to think about it. I was getting to my point. I was talking about being president of the Gardner Minshew fan club. I don't take that job lightly, Brinson. <laughs> uh, Colts, Steelers, and uh, I would give the final spot to the Browns or Texans. And Brinson, you can now talk, and I'll figure out if I want the Browns or Texans. All right. Here's my hot take Texans. <laughs> five, the five, six, and seven seeds in the in the AFC will swap places with the eight, nine, and ten seeds in the AFC. Okay. What? Houston, Texans, Denver, Broncos, Houston, Denver, and Buffalo make the playoffs as the wild cards. Okay. That's a hot take. That is hot, but that's yeah. why uh, that's why we're here. I, I stand by my take from last week. I don't think Cleveland's making it. No, I don't think that's a bold. Bold prediction there. Oh, you called call me crazy last week when I said No, that. I called you crazy. Okay. I said okay. their schedule was easy and that they were a lock to make it. And then uh everyone in Cleveland hates you and that you wouldn't be welcome there ever. Yeah, it was definitely me that called you crazy. Okay. There they're go. still at 66% to make it. So they're in they're in good shape. Colts at 43, Texas at 58, which is odd considering the Colts are ahead of them, but there you go. Yeah, Broncos but the Browns, I think the Browns are the probably the, the squeaky wheel there. To make up a, an analogy. All right. How about this before we move on to the NFC? Who's going to be the number one seed? I think it's Baltimore. In the AFC? Yeah, the AFC. Actually, no, I'll take Jacksonville. I'll stick no. by my Jacksonville take. They've got, they have to play Jake Browning, some combination of Dorian Thompson Robinson and PJ Walker. They got the Lamar, but they get him at home. 
you got to beat. And um, I believe that the the Ravens have the Rams at home and then travel to the Jaguars then at San Francisco, which is a huge game. Like the Ravens have the most difficult remaining strength of schedule. That's why I said the the week 18 matchup with Pittsburgh may be less enticing than perhaps we think it is right now. I heard I a lot think, of teams out of Brinson's mouth. I did not hear the Chiefs, Brinson. You don't think they can get the top seed? Chiefs got the top seed. They got to they got to uh, win over the um over the Jaguars. But they have the Packers, Bills, Pats, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers remaining. It's actually a lot easier than it sounds. <laughs> That's tough. Now you're like, oh, that's the easiest schedule on planet Earth. I'm going to say the Chiefs because I think the Ravens' schedule is going to be incredibly tough. And I think, more importantly, that Week 18 matchup with the Steelers, Kenny Pickett's going to throw for 500 yards. I think the Chiefs get it too. I was trying to find. Usually they have. um, Usually DraftKings has um, the odds for the number one overall. Odds for the number one seed, but it's not up right now for some reason. I guess because the I don't know why it's not. But yeah, I mean, I I would I would think the Chiefs are probably the favorite. And dude, look. The Chiefs are doing, and this is kind of an underrated, like no bleep Sherlock type of thing that the Patriots did, but they got the one seed, eliminated one of the weeks they had, one or two seed back then, eliminated one of the weeks they had to play in the playoffs and try to maximize the number of times you had home field advantage. Like that's the reason the Chiefs have won two of the last three Super Bowls, two of the last four Super Bowls, and been in like, what, uh, three or four? And then lost to, the, I mean, like, like the Chiefs are always there because they're always hosting the AFC Championship game. You have a massive home field advantage. It's basically the new Patriots, and so if you want, if you want to steal a Super Bowl berth out of the AFC in the next ten years, you better get that number one seed. And the Ravens and the Jaguars are, I think, are the only teams with a chance to do it. All right, we'll find out together. And the Steelers, don't forget. This what one. about the Dolphins? They're and also the Dolphins. 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 Do it, yeah. All right, Breach. We're going to the NFC, and I'll play the same game with you. I'll start at the bottom. Tell me where to stop. Somehow the Carolina Panthers are still alive. David Tepper, Frank Reich should tell David Tepper that before he fires him. Keep going. Okay. Arizona. Keep going. Uh, I like Cardinal. Oh, though. I'm out. Chicago. Out. Washington. Out. Thing is, two weeks ago, we'd all be in on Washington. The New York Giants somehow the same record as Washington. Sweet mercy alive. Tampa Bay. Out. New Orleans. Out. Oh. The Rams. Oh, man. The Giants uh, had to play the Eagles twice. That's Green Bay. Oh, you're in on the, Rams. on the Rams. Okay, the Rams yeah. are the ninth seed. They're currently five and six. Um, They are as good as their quarterback will allow them to be. They have some guys on defense getting after it, but I think they have a lot of uh, – what, what, how am I trying to say this? They're playing with one arm behind, tied behind their back, it feels like, a lot of times. If Stafford doesn't play, this team stinks. Well, yes. Uh, I think Br- Breach has a story for you with it when it comes to Joe Burrow and the Bengals as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just well, I think that like, yeah, yeah. That that's probably that's actually a really good comparison. I mean, the, the I mean the Bengals you, you can't lose your Burrow quarterback unless you're Gardner Minshew. Breach is the second favorite player, right? Or or Atlanta with Desmond Ritter. Well, but um, the flip side is look what the Rams <laughs> did today. Look what happens with Matthew Stafford actually gets some help from their ground game because the Rams rushing attack yep. has been non-existent. Then they finally get Kyron Williams back and boom, hundred over 200 total yards, two touchdowns. I mean, he went off and that's the kind of safety valve that Stafford. Yes. You have Cooper cup who is your security blanket, but having a running back, you trust 
also helps a lot. And Stafford looked really comfortable back there. And I, I Brinson, you have been the one on the Rams bandwagon for the past two weeks, Thank you. past three weeks since we've been talking past, playoffs. Past three years, but yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, past, past your whole you entire did. life with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Uh, except for the time I talked to you, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl the year they won the Super Bowl. Want, want. And yeah, so I, yeah, I'm sold on the Rams. I think they look good. Their offense is looking better and their defense finally looks good again, even though they seem to have. Well, let me ask off. you this quickly, Breach, and then Brent, you can give us uh, your perspective. Who's dropping out if the Rams are dropping in? Uh, the Seahawks. I mean, Breach called it a couple of weeks ago. Like they have Dallas, yes. San Francisco, and Philly coming up. The Giants would be really interesting if you knew if you knew that Philly locked down the one seed. I'm serious. The Wait, Giants, the Giants to the playoffs? The Giants I mean, had to the Giants had to go in there by. How long did I the, fall asleep for? <laughs> 15 years. In okay. 2023? In this they economy? The, they have the Packers at home <laughs> at the Saints. At the Eagles versus the Rams, and then versus the Eagles in Week 18, when the Eagles might not play anybody, they could lose to nobody. They scored 10 points against Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi with Tommy DeVito. They're Tommy DeVito has as many wins as the Patriots do. Bill Belichick and Tommy DeVito have the same number of wins this year. All right, give and me Tommy your, DeVito uh, beat him straight up. Who's sli who's slipping into the the bottom half of the the playoff picture here on the NFC for you? Um, obviously I'm, I'm taking the Rams. I think Rams and Seattle is an easy flip. I called Atlanta sliding into the four seed last week. And so then it really comes down to Minnesota and green Bay. Green Bay's playing better. Jordan Love looked pretty sharp. They play each other in week 17, Sunday night football. The Vikings still have to play at the Raiders at the Bengals and the lions twice before they're by after their bye this week. The Packers have the Chiefs, Giants, Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, and Bears. I'm gonna say, as much as I love, I, I like as much as I love the Vikings story. I'm gonna say the six and seven seeds for the NFC are the Packers and the Rams in some order. Okay. All righty. Let's talk quickly about Sunday Night Football. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many times Brandon Saylor can get this press conference, but he's going to continue to do it. I think they've lost now eight straight games, and that's been three points or less. I don't think that's how you want to navigate your way through an NFL season. But this, Chargers, this team, how do the Ravens cover this? I mean, unbelievable. That's the other thing. So let me ask you this, Princeton. We know who the Chargers are. Any concerns about the Ravens playing down to their opponents? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is uh, – um, I think Emory Hunt talks about this every Monday. He's like, if the Ravens are playing – a high school football team, they're going to win by three points. If they're playing like a eight and three Lions team or like a seven and two Seahawks team or whatever it is, they're going to beat him by 25. They do play down. I, I thought that was like kind of a, it wasn't like, it wasn't like the Steelers in the soccer stadium pro Ravens crowd out there. It was definitely like not, it wasn't a home game for the Chargers, never is. No. Um, but the Chargers were gifted a, John Harbaugh bizarre decision. Multiple John Harbaugh multiple times declined to allow. Hey, look, the referee screwed up. It was a bad day for officiating across the NFL. I thought bad day for officiating in college football too. Just a bad weekend for officiating. Everybody's fat on tryptophan, drowsy on tryptophan. But Harbaugh had two opportunities to challenge a spot that would have given his team a first down. And he went for it on fourth down. It didn't get either one of them. Basically, gave the Chargers two free possessions. And then late in the game, instead of going for it on fourth and 
fourth and three. Was it fourth and three or fourth and six breach where he let Justin Tucker kick a 44 yard field goal? They Justin Tucker handed the Chargers a 44 yard field goal miss, and still the Chargers managed to find a way to lose. And of course, Zay Flowers breaks off like. Uh, I think it was uh, uh, Jason Garrett was in the booth, but he's like, a more experienced player may have gone down there. Um, probably. Chargers were trying to tackle him, which is pretty stupid. Should have let him score. Uh, but Zay Flowers goes in the end zone. Ravens win by double digits. I, I, I have concerns about how the Ravens played down to their opponents, but I think this is a really good football team. Very upset that my Ravens-Eagles uh, Super Bowl pick from last year now looks like it could be collision course this season oh boy i will give the ravens offense the benefit of the doubt there because you lose mark andrews for the season and it yeah, kind of seemed like lamar jackson was trying to feel out all right who's my new favorite target who the hell am i supposed to throw to uh, i mean the leading receiver was isaiah Lakely, who had i think 40 yards so uh there just wasn't that guy there that security blank that lamar jackson loves but, you know, they ran for 197 yards. They terrorized the Chargers on the ground. That's what you have to do. But, again, like you said, Wilson, they were playing down their competition. If the other team turns the ball over four times like the Chargers did, you should win by four touchdowns. Uh, the, yeah. the way this game played out, it was it, unbelievable that the Chargers were even in it at the end, driving with a chance to tie or take the lead. That was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, you hit it on the – Nail on the head. Ravens play their competition, so I'm not really worried. They'll play a good team. They'll, they'll beat a good team. Play a bad team. They'll beat a bad team by three points, ten points. Ravens defense is really fun. Those linebackers, man. Roquan. Um, and is it uh, Kenneth Murray? Patrick, Patrick Queen. Ah, it's Patrick Queen. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenneth Murray's on the Chargers. Uh, fly around. Javon Clowney was dropping in coverage, strip sacking Keenan Allen. I mean, like, I mean, that's strip sacking. But, like, stripping Keenan Allen, like, on a, on a routine catch. I mean, Really fun defense, like the Ravens, but yes, concerns about them playing down. All right, Breach, a few weeks ago, there were six game-winning kicks as time expired. And, uh, oh, baby Jesus doesn't love kickers anymore. It was a tough stretch. Breach, uh, Brinson mentioned Justin Tucker, who now fell below 90% on his career. And now uh, Young Way Koo, I believe, is in num- is, is in first place. So there are a lot of moving parts to, to Justin Tucker's legacy. I think it's now been ruined. He's down the Bill Belichick of kickers in my mind. But why don't you tell us about all the misses and some of the makes. Make this a feel-good story. Uh, you know what? Let's start with Matt Amendola and the Jacksonville versus Houston game. We saw C.J. Stroud lead that game-winning drive, or uh, attempt to lead a game-winning drive, and we did give him props. But the one thing I'm going to say on that real quick is that he took a nine-yard sack uh, right toward the end of the game, I think it was on, they got down to Jacksonville's 37. That's field goal range. You cannot take a nine-yard sack when your kicker, I don't think, has ever hit a field goal beyond 50 yards this season. So you know he doesn't have a strong leg. And Kaimi Fairbairn, who was the Texans kicker before injuring his quad uh, a few weeks ago, probably makes this. He's been one of the more accurate kickers in the NFL this year. Uh, but when you're out here with a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience this season... Hey, Breach, can I ask you a question? What? Is Matt Amendola accurate, though? Because he absolutely smoked that ball, and it was going right down the middle, and it hit the middle of the goalpost. That's pretty accurate, or is it still considered inaccurate? Like, it wasn't like a, a Vanderjack. Right. I mean, but it missed. So, it, I mean, that's sure. No. Did it go no. in? No, it didn't. And no. yeah, but sometimes <laughs> kickers will uh, take a little bit off the ball in order to aim it, or sometimes they take a longer swing, a harder swing, when they don't think they can kick the ball 
you know, if his regular swing only goes out to 55 yards, he's got to switch things up to go to 58. So there's just all these things that go into it. And that was his second field goal miss on the day he had missed earlier. So it's just wasn't a great day there. I think his other missed kick was uh, 50. So he missed two field goals, 50 plus in that game. Rough for the Texans, the Patriots, the Patriots. Uh, mm -hmm. This unbelievable total indictment on Bill Belichick. We didn't really talk about this game, but the one thing I'm going to say about this, Chad Ryland misses that 35 yard field goal. And this really epitomizes all the bad decision-making that Belichick has made really over the past 12 months, 24 months, 36 months, however far back you want to go. The Patriots had Nick Folk. Nick Folk holds the NFL record, the literal NFL record for most consecutive makes inside 40 yards. He just broke it this season. He broke Justin Tucker's record. The number is over 70. So instead, you go to a rookie kicker. You know what you can't do in practice? You cannot simulate the pressure of a game-winning field goal. So you send Chad Ryland out there. Wilson, you mentioned Mike Banderjack. He Banderjacked it. It is yeah. hard to Banderjack it from 35 yards. That <laughs> thing was missing the whole way. It never had a chance. Uh, Blake Group with the Saints. He missed a 54-yarder, but he also hit five field goals in the game, so you can't really crush him there. That's not an easy kick. Again, the, the coaches just I put their group. kickers in bad situations. And they no. had Will Lutz, who they dumped. Belichick, but Belichick has made a number of significant tactical slash You know what's funny that you say that? Because both you and your uh, buddy here give me such a hard time when I say Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel, or Bill Belichick, and you're like, well, Bill Belichick is a Going into the Hall of Fame on day one. He must be the head coach next year of whatever team you're talking about. I don't I don't see it. Okay. Pretty good impression. Who was that? You or Brent or Breach? It was, it was an amalgamation of me and Breach, I believe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. And uh, shout out to Jake Elliott again for smoking that 59-yarder. Breach, how excited were you to see him drive that ball in the rain? It looked like it was hit with a one iron. And how, is he, and how, is he, how is he not your Breach VP? Well, we haven't got to the Breach VP yet. The Gosh, Brinson, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Away. Fine. You know what? I'll just go to my Breach VP now. Go it is it. Jake Elliott. Fun fact I'm sure <laughs> I mentioned on the podcast is that when Elliott was drafted in 2017 by the Cincinnati Bengals, my dad announced the pick. He got the card, went to the podium, and announced Jake Elliott was going to become a Bengal. Of course, he didn't last long there, but he has made quite the career in Philly. There we are watching on YouTube. We got the tweet up there. Uh, yeah. And so, I, I mean, this was just such a clutch kick. He also hit that 61 yarder his first year with the Eagles to beat the giants. He has just come up with so many big kicks. Jake Elliott is the man. And without him, the Eagles don't win this game. Why not roll full Homer here? My Brinson VP is the one, the only Matthew Stafford, 25 or 33, 230 yards, nothing huge yardage wise, but four passing touchdowns, including two to Kyron Williams, who came back. The Rams rolled the Cardinals 37 to 14 and now have themselves a decent look with an okay schedule of making the playoffs. Please don't lose against the Browns this week. I'm not lose that game. I'll see your Matthew Stafford and I'll raise you one Kenny Pickett. Kenny. Zero touchdowns because <laughs> that's not what he does. <laughs> But uh, threw for 278. Pat Fryermuth went off, as uh, Breach mentioned earlier, went for 120 from the tight end position. They threw in the middle of the field, something they refused to do under Matt Canada. Brinson mentioned they went over 400 yards for the first time in 59 freaking games. I mean, I watched this game, and I was so angry. Did you cry it, at the end? I was tears of anger because I was so mad that it took so long. I keep coming back to this. When fans know what teams should do and teams refuse to do it, that's why people – 
get so fired up and, and when penguins when, it, when a stadium full of penguins fans are chanting fire canada <laughs> and you have somebody show up to college game day in tuscaloosa alabama with a fire matt canada sign and stand behind the, the the set for the entire show i don't know rooney's and mike tomlin maybe someone else is onto something here yeah. anyway shout out to kenny pickett for not being the worst quarterback in the world which is what he was last week in that last fateful game of matt canada's career all right, boys, that is it. Does that mean Brenton has to retire? Can he pick it? That was that's, not how, that's not how you say it. Oh, uh, Wilson has to retire. He's good now. Can he pick it? No, he's supposed to say it. He has, he? To, he has to play like he did in the preseason, which I don't think is going to happen. But when they get the number one seed, I will say it. That's all I will say. All right, that's it. <laughs> that's a wrap. Uh, week 12, Sunday Night Super Friends. But don't worry, you can check us out all week. Wherever you get your Pick 6 podcast, if you're on YouTube at NFL CBS. In the meantime, thank to all you guys who hung out with us. We appreciate you. For Brinson, for Breach, for Producer Harry, I'm Wilson. We'll see you guys later.